Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to episode 76 of Lymphedema Podcast. We're going to take a break this month, and we're going to talk about another important, underdiagnosed, yet very important disease called lipedema. June is Lipedema Awareness Month, and with me today is Kelly from Texas, who is a lipolymphedema patient, and we're going to talk about her personal struggle, her experience, and things she's doing to help spread awareness and to be an advocate for this community. Hey, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for agreeing to be here to talk with me today. Can you give us a little introduction, some background on yourself, please? Sure. I am a health and wellness coach and work with women who have lipedema. I do local, I have local clients, but also due to this last year, I am do a lot with Zoom. And so I've talked to women all over the place. Um, and so many struggles are the same with that for women who have lipedema. So I'm really glad you're doing this awareness in June, super important month for lipedema. And I also have a group that I am an admin for on Facebook. That group is lipedema and food sensitivities. And we've come to realize through talking with so many women all over the world that nutrition really can play a role in helping lipedema and managing the disease. Even though there's not a cure, there are ways that we can help it. So through my Wild Heart Wellness health coaching and that group on Facebook, I have been able to help myself and a lot of other women just bring awareness, help them improve their quality of life. And so that has been really fulfilling for me and also helped me feel a little bit better and get back to enjoying some of the things I've had to give up for a while due to this disease. Not many people know or understand what lipedema is. So I want to read here from the Lipedema Foundation's website. That's lipedema.org if anyone wants to go learn more information about this. And I want to read just some information from the front page. This is just so easy to find the information if you think um, maybe you have lipedema or someone you know may have lipedema. Um, all this is literally available right on the front page. I have not clicked anywhere else. So I'm going to read this really quick and then we're going to get into your story a little bit more into detail, Kelly. Perfect. 
It says here, lipedema is a chronic medical condition characterized by a symmetric buildup of fat tissue in the legs and arms. A common but underrecognized disorder, lipedema may cause pain, swelling, and easy bruising. It may be accompanied by an unusual texture within the fat that can feel like rice, peas, or walnuts under the skin. The intensity of pain may range from zero to severe, and its frequency may be constant, come and go, or only occur when the fat is pushed on. Limited public awareness of lipedema, coupled with few research-backed treatments, can lead to exacerbation of symptoms as well as physical and emotional distress. Common symptoms include fatigue, muscle pain, and or easy bruising. It goes on to say that lipedema is almost exclusively a female-related disease, with very rare reports developing developing in men. Also, it no known reason for why it occurs. And I'm trying to see here. It wants it wants as if the page is talking to me, <laughs> like a Ouija board or something. It wants to say something. Um, it says that obesity is not the same. Um, obesity, obese fat occurs throughout the body. In lipedema, the fat occurs in the limbs, sparing the hands and feet. And people with early stage lipedema do not typically have diabetes, high cholesterol, or high blood pressure, which is common in those who are overweight. So I do want to say for anyone who feels that they have lipedema or they know that they've been struggling with this disease for a while, you are not fat. You may have a fat disorder, but you are not fat. And I know that that sounds kind of weird and maybe a little abrasive, um, but that is one thing that in my practice, um, when I was actively in the clinic, a lot of women would just say, I'm just so tired of being fat. And I just always wanted to encourage them that you are not fat. You are so many other things. Um, and I'll use you as an example. You are Kelly, you are a mother, you're a wellness coach, you're an advocate. You are so much more than this disease that is affecting your body. So Kelly, can you speak to your experience of being diagnosed? What was that process like for you? And did you struggle for a long time with, you know, thinking something was wrong, but you didn't know what was happening, what was going on? I did. And it's easier to look back and see different things that happened in my life and say, oh, that must have been because lipedema was there, but I didn't know yet. Um, like I was a dancer all through my life growing up, and I remember looking at some of those dance pictures and wondering, why did my legs look different than the other dancers? And when you're an athlete or, you know, you're always active, you kind of think, well, my legs must be bigger because I am an athlete, because there's more muscle because of all these things. But I still knew that something wasn't quite right. Now, all of that didn't fall into place until a few years ago when I realized that lipedema existed. And so looking back, I can I have answers for those questions that popped up. And it wasn't just the normal teenage thing where you're uncomfortable with your body or your body's changing and you don't quite know how to handle that. Um, I think the lipedema women that I've talked to, somewhere in there, they know it's not the same as what their friends 
were struggling with as far as body image or coming of age type of things. Um, as far as my progression goes, um, it's a very slow progressing disease in a lot of cases. And mine was, there were changes over time, but it didn't really hit me in life that I knew I had to do something about it until I was in my forties and I had my fourth child. There was a big gap between my third child and my fourth child, 12 years. And being in my forties, it was a completely different experience with the hormones and with my age and all those different things. But after my daughter started eating solid foods and I quit breastfeeding exclusively, that's a time of a lot of hormonal changes. Um, Good to know. I'm about to be in that phase with my son. (laughs) So I'm going to prepare myself. Um, Whenever she switched and my hormones started doing what they do after you've given birth (laughs) and you've breastfed and you're doing all these things, um, I gained about 50 pounds in a little over a month. Oh, my goodness. With no change to diet, no change to activity level, just, you know, it felt like to me one day I was at this place with my, how I looked and in about six to eight weeks, totally different place. And it's, it's feels like your body is just out of control and rebelling. Even though in the past I had had times where I'd had some weight gain that was ridiculous and I couldn't explain it. I had always had in my mind that in my body, I gained weight from my knees up to my waist. And now that I look back, that's classic lipedema shape. Yeah. But at the time I didn't know. I thought, well, that's just how I am. And that's just what my body does. But this time, maybe due to my age, and being closer to the perimenopause phase of life and my hormones were shifting anyway, because they do think hormones play some sort of role in lipedema development, but they're not exactly sure how that all works. I, my body just had a crazy reaction. Um, and I started having enlargement in my upper arms, um, and the drastic amount of weight that I put on was just crazy. Um, I went from about a size 12 up to a 22 in that short amount of time. Wow. That is drastic. It's drastic, especially when you know that you're not overeating. I had been eating very healthy, organic, all those labels that you put on healthy food. I knew all of those things. I had worked with a naturopath. She had helped me with nutrition. She's a nutritionist as well. I knew that I was not eating all those things that should have made me gain weight. And honestly, even if I had been eating cake every day, that is not that does not equal 50 pounds in a short amount of time. No, it doesn't. So I want to circle back a little bit. If you could put either like the year or your age. How old were you when you were dancing as a teenager and you started to notice, like my body looks a little bit different than those around me? That would, I was probably 12 or 13 
like right around when I probably started my period, I would think, around that age. And it wasn't that I was overweight. I think that's one of the myths about lipedema. Absolutely. You don't have to be overweight to have lipedema. Many women who have lipedema also have all those extra pounds, which is not normal fat, as you mentioned before. But there are women who are very thin who have lipedema. It has to do with your the condition of your fat tissues and the weird things that your fat tissues are doing. And so I would caution if you have something weird going on, a texture of your skin or extra pain or the easy bruising, and you just know something's not right. I mean, don't dismiss lipedema just because you are thinner than most of those pictures you see online if you decide to search out lipedema. Because they try to put more extreme pictures online, it seems like to me. Yeah, I feel like that's similar in most disease cases. Um, they, they use the attention-grabbing really dramatic worst case scenario type pictures um some of my early lymphedema patients they would say to me you know i googled it i'm, I'm gonna die i'm gonna be bedridden i know this is gonna be terrible yeah um, but not everyone looks like that not every patient who has lymphedema or lipedema have the drastic extremely large body shape some of these women have very petite figures they have small waistlines um everything on them is extremely skinny or small if if that's a word you'd like to use to describe it but they have those pockets around their hips um, the buttocks upper arms um, and i'm i will post some pictures and if i can find some less dramatic pictures i'll include those in the post that we're going to have associated with this episode just to show those differences because sometimes it's just the texture. It's the way that your thighs or your legs or your arms look and feel compared to the rest of your body. It may not be a really great big drastic um, body size that you have. Um, and circling back to the age or the time frame, you had mentioned that it was with your last daughter, you were in your 40s, early 40s is what I think you just said earlier. Right. Did you have symptoms or did you know you had lipedema with your other children before your last child? I didn't know anything about lipedema until after my daughter, my fourth child was born. Um, if I look back, I can see that with every pregnancy, my body changed and it was a, a change consistent with lipedema. Okay. Um, but until but until I had my daughter, I didn't have this severe pain all the time. The loss of mobility, the all those things that people talk about, like severe fatigue, where I couldn't function the same as I had before. So after all of that set in. How did you get help? How how long did it take you to get the diagnosis? It was such a long time. Um, and Years? Months? It was... The, 
I'll explain a little about the problem. It didn't take me long to find an expert who was not a doctor, but who had seen thousands of women with lipedema to confirm that I had lipedema, but, but she's not a doctor. What is she? Um, you don't have she, to tell me who she is, but what is she? <laughs> um, the woman that I talked to was the head of a, a very prominent lipedema foundation here in America and has traveled all over the world talking to experts and knows about lipedema. So she's probably, an advocate or is she yes. a patient herself? Both. She's okay. both. Um, and so with confidence, she could confirm Yes, this is lipedema. With I mean, I had a very long phone consultation with her. Um, the problem is that's not good enough for insurance. That's not good enough to get treatment. That's not good enough for any of those things. Right. And so that it was good enough for me because I knew that this woman knew what she was talking about. Um, but any kind of massage therapist or naturopath or even just a, somebody who like me is a health coach and who works with women with lipedema you can't obtain an official diagnosis in this in america from those types of professionals it has to be a doctor and so that was very frustrating and i know it's frustrating for other women who are in the same situation because there aren't many doctors who even know what lipedema is. And so you have women like me who are trying to find a doctor who's even heard of lipedema. And even if the doctor's heard of lipedema, if you do not fit that classic shape, they just dismiss you. And by classic shape, you mean the very large body size. The very obvious large body size that affects hips and thighs. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Um, I have been told because I have lipedema in my abdominal area and my upper arms, that's not lipedema. Lipedema is a disease that affects your thighs and hips. And that's not true. Um so you can be encouraged that maybe that doctor has heard of lipedema and knows some about it, but they're not going to be able to actually help you. And they're going to be hesitant to give you that diagnosis so that you can get the help that you need. And so I had a long process of trying to find a doctor because I had been dismissed before when I went to doctors and said, um, prior to my daughter being born quite a while back, I had gone to a doctor and said, look, I just gained 30 pounds in three weeks and I work out three times a week. I don't overeat. And they do. Doctors do not believe that. They don't believe you. Um, so it took me a long time. I finally found a doctor who, when I said I have lipedema, did not say, no, you don't. Or that's ridiculous. But then I couldn't get that doctor to be more interested in lipedema to give me any kind of referrals. Mm. And so I had to try to find another doctor. It took about, my daughter, she's a, almost seven now. And so it took 
about five, four to five years before I could find a doctor who would write down that I have lipolipid lymphedema and try to get me the help that I need. Lymphedema Podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation, Juzo, Medi USA, and the National Lymphedema Network. Learn more about our sponsors by visiting the website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. And lipolymphedema has some presentations of lymphedema where you have that lymphatic element, but lipedema traditionally, if it is just straight lipedema, I'm sorry, it doesn't have that swelling characteristic as severe as lymphedema. Um, Is that correct? Am I understanding there? That's true. Although women with lipedema, their tissues are more sensitive to things that they eat, things in the environment, and they can have like intermittent swelling and and inflammation. Question about the treatment protocol. In textbooks, in my course, I was told, you know, apply compression, do bandaging and things like that. And if it's painful and it's not a fluid component, but it's the actual fatty tissue, as a patient and advocate yourself, can you shed any light on if that bandaging is helpful or harmful to lipedema patients? I can give my personal experience and that of some of my clients, um, but I'm not a doctor. And I, so whatever I say that may contradict someone's medical advice that they've been given from their doctor, I don't want people to, you know, override their doctor's advice. But from what I can tell from my own experience and that of my clients some people do well with compression and some people don't for some people it helps support the tissues it helps with the fluid if they have the lymphedema component the other thing that I have found is that because some women are overweight and because they're struggling so much to get the lipedema under control, the lymphedema component is not even addressed because they don't have that typical lymphedema presentation either. They don't have one arm much bigger than the other or one leg much bigger than the other. Sometimes it will just be a, there will be a difference between one side of your body and the other, or it may just be additional fluid in those limbs. So, that's difficult, and you may not realize that you have lymphedema secondary to lipedema, so you may not realize that the compression could help. Um, the other thing that has come up is the compression can be painful, and for someone with, with lipedema, that pain is just too much to deal with all day long every day. Um, it's with mobility issues that come with lipedema sometimes, it can be almost impossible to get those compression garments on. I'm thinking back to a, my very first lipedema patient, and she's also the woman that I treated the longest for lipedema. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the other women that had come in, they didn't want to do it. I, I don't know how, how else to say it. 
um, they either the time for coming into therapy, you know, they didn't have the time in their schedule um, to come a couple days a week, or they kind of thought I was crazy um, for telling them what lipedema is and the protocol. And I gave them the management. I, I print out and give freely the lipedema management book or booklet. It's like 80 pages. You can print it out here on the lipedema um, foundations website. I mean, when they read that, they would just say, no, I don't want to do it. But the one woman that I really did get to work with the longest, I remember she came back to me after being bandaged over the weekend and she was so bruised and yeah. it wasn't from anything she said. She said it wasn't from anything other than having the compression, the bandaging on. And I felt terrible because I thought, wow, I've gone and made this worse because I know that, you know, surface irritation, redness, bruising, all of that increases the lymphatic response and the inflammation response, the healing response of the body. So that would then increase her swelling and pain and tenderness. And I just felt really, as a therapist, someone who wants to help, I felt really lost. I didn't know how to remedy that for her. So I'm glad that you kind of shed some light on that with your experience and the experience of others. I would never want to do anything to hurt my patients and I, I felt like in that case, I wasn't exactly helping her. I was causing her a little bit more pain. Yeah, that can happen. I think that's more rare, that extreme bruising. But some women can bruise from the slightest touch who have lipedema. Or they can bruise much worse than they should bruise. Um, I mean, it's not normal to bruise from just having a bandage type thing wrapped around your limb. Um, so that is severe a severe reaction. Um, the other thing is I have a client who had been, had lost mobility. And unless a person like that has an in-home health care giver, compression is almost impossible. Right. When your mobility is limited to the point where you need help to get up and go to the bathroom or you need help to get up out of your bed putting on that compression and then having to take it off and to do other things like shower or you know change your clothes or wash that compression to put it back on those types of things are very difficult when your concern is just the basics just getting up just sitting up and so that hinders a lot of women who might actually benefit from compression. The other factor with compression that I'll just mention briefly, because I've talked to a few women, including myself. Um, if you have compression from your like ribs to your feet, which is the normal compression for lipedema, that lipedema tissue in some cases can move to spread to other places that you are not compressing. So in my case, I had compression sleeves and I also had the compression from ribs down to my feet, but I had to buy the size of compression for my upper arms and for my hips, which meant that my forearms and my calves didn't get much compression because I had to buy the larger size to fit the other parts of my body. And I had, I have developed lipedema tissue in my forearms and my calves where it wasn't before. Mm. 
So, and so it's safe to say that the lipedema also has a characteristic like lymphedema where it takes that path of least resistance. Where if you were if you had a, if you had solely lymphedema and you just wore the compression you were talking about, it would push that out into your most distal extremities until that fluid really filled up that skin. So I'm I'm hearing from you that that's similar with lipedema that that fatty tissue can be pushed and moved toward it's, areas that's not compressed. It seems like um, once you have lipedema tissue, this is not scientifically based or anything like that, just my own experience, but it seems like to me, um, once you have that lipedema tissue and that diseased fat, abnormal fat cells, that your body is more prone to reacting that way. And so if you, in my case, tightly compressed the upper arm, then that it's that is helping that tissue, but it's also moving all of that gunk down to your lower arm that doesn't have the compression on it mm. as much. And so that tissue can start to be affected as well. It seems like. So all things, like all things with lipedema, it would be much easier if there were one answer and one protocol, but it doesn't seem like there is. It seems like for women all over the world that I've talked to, you just have to try things and see if they will work for you. And if they don't work for you, I mean, give it a good try, but then if it doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for your particular body and how the disease is manifesting in your body, try something else. So could you give the audience listening today, I mean, five is a random number. Um, can you give just a few signs or symptoms that you shouldn't ignore and, and and if you have those, how to find the help that you're going to need to get the information and the diagnosis needed? Sure. One thing that I think is very important to pay attention to is pain. Women who have lipedema report very often that from the slightest touch or from a little bit of pressure on their skin, it's very painful. Um, a friend of mine has said her husband just tapping her on the arm to get her attention hurt. Mm. Um, or many women talk about their cat walked across their lap and it was extremely painful. And sometimes it's from pressure like that that you will feel pain. Sometimes it's just an all over ache and fat tissue should not hurt. A lot of women ignore that because they, they've been told, well, if you would lose weight, that would go away. But with lipedema tissue, that's sometimes you can't lose the weight, but also it's abnormal that the fat tissue should be in pain. Whether you have a little fat tissue or a lot of fat tissue, it shouldn't be painful. Um, I know for me, the pain was more, it felt like all the time that there was a blood pressure cuff just squeezing sort of sensation. 
and that's not normal. So if they have um, pain, that's the that's one thing that they really don't want to ignore. Yeah, you wouldn't want to ignore that. That is not a normal. That's not a normal sensation in fat tissue. Another thing is if your tissue is hardened, um, that's called fibrosis. Um, whether or not you have a little fat tissue or a lot of fat tissue, your fat should be soft. Your muscles around your muscles, it should be soft. If, of course, when you flex your muscle, you can feel that it tightens and it's, you know, not squishy. But if you are in a relaxed state and you feel your tissue, it should be soft. There are it's pretty, pretty good indicators that most women who have um, lipedema have fibrosis in their tissue somewhere. That can be felt with, like you described earlier, if you feel like there are little pebbles under your skin or grains of rice or something like that. But also there can be big chunks of your tissue that are hardened, almost as hard as bone, it can feel like. And so those types of hardened areas shouldn't be ignored. It may not be lipedema, but that's also very characteristic of lipedema, that women will have those places that are not pliable in their fat tissue. Let's see. Um, Would rapid weight gain, like the experience you had, be a symptom that you would want to see your doctor for? Rapid weight gain that is not explainable and also the opposite where you cannot lose the weight no matter what you do. Women who have lipedema could experience weight loss in certain areas of their body and not others. They may lose a lot of weight, like their face may thin down and their um, upper body to their waist may lose a lot of weight and it, there may be a mismatch like your the upper part of your body doesn't go with the lower half of your body maybe you're a size small on the top and extra large on the bottom or something like that um, or you can see that your hands are very thin and your you know your lower legs are very thin but then you have this mid body that's quite a bit larger and it will you will not lose weight no matter what you try calorie restriction exercise all those different things healthy diet it just doesn't help and when these women because we know that it's mostly women when these women are reaching out to find a doctor or a diagnosis can you give a couple pieces of advice on how to seek out or how to even educate that doctor because a lot of doctors don't know what are some resources to educate and to seek out that treatment and diagnosis that they need. I think one of the most helpful things has been these Facebook groups or social media, which can also be detrimental if you dig into it too much and it is very overwhelming when you're first trying to look into this. But these groups of women are very willing to share the doctors that they've gone to that have been both good and bad. There are a couple of guides that they that have been put together of doctors, but I'm not sure how often those are updated. And so 
it really seems like if you can look, if you just go on Facebook and you type lipedema in the search, so many groups will come up. You can even type lipedema. I know there's a Texas group. There's one um, like up on the East Coast. They really have them regionally. Um, and even there's one for Italy and in Australia. They have some groups, Canada. So if you search your area and lipedema on Facebook, you should be able to find groups that are in your area where you can ask the women in those groups what therapist, what doctor they've gone to. Because honestly, if you go to a doctor who knows nothing about it, it really is frustrating in an uphill battle a lot of times. Um, many women who have lipedema just do not have the time or energy or money to go from doctor to doctor to doctor. It can be very discouraging, um, especially if you're not sure if you have lipedema or not. It can be very frustrating to try to convince someone else when you're you're kind of just trying to figure out if you do have lipedema. So my advice would be seek out other women who have had success and know where they're know where to go in that in your area. Um, the other thing is you don't have to wait for a diagnosis to help yourself. That's good. You can help yourself and you can help yourself with small things that you can do like changing your nutrition doing some of the different therapies that are available. You don't necessarily have to have an official diagnosis to do some of those things. And they really can make a big difference in your quality of life and your pain levels. And so I would say if you can't find an official diagnosis, you can still join those groups and you can find out as much about lipedema as you want to find out. There's a lot of information out there and you can begin to help yourself even if you can't find a doctor in your area that can help you. Hey, everybody, stay tuned for part two with Kelly. We're going to talk more about lipedema treatment protocols and what you can do to help yourself if you have lipedema. Mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. And this month, lipedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Kelly's story. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.